family. Amen? Amen. We just got to trust Him. In these times of craziness, today is called, our President Trump called this a National Day of Prayer. I want you to know in all of my life, in all of my days, I have never seen anything like this happen in our country. And I've seen so many people living in fear. I haven't, I should say, I haven't seen so many living people living in fear as I have these last few days. You know, we've been in wars, we've had wars. We're in we've been in a war. With terrorism, we've been fighting it for 18 years. Did you ever see any kind of fear break out like this little virus? Never. I've seen people panic over storms before in my life and go to the go to the stores and buy things. Remember when we had the floods in 06? Everybody had to go out and buy a generator. <laughs> Remember that? And if you didn't get it beforehand, forget it cuz they weren't there. They were sold out. Now it's toilet paper for crying out loud. Holy cow. Can't believe it. I've never seen anything like it. I just heard, my wife told me last night that there was the first case of the coronavirus in the Tioga County. In Tioga County. Then I heard they shut down the schools for a month. I bet you the kids are rejoicing. Woohoo! No school for a month. Colleges are online classes. Can't have any meetings over 250 people. Well, we don't have to worry about that. (laughs) We can set them even six feet apart in here. I pray that that changes in Jesus' name. Amen. I can't believe it. I also heard... Last night that they've dispatched the National Guard to six states. They're going to lock them down. I don't know. But you know what? My trust isn't in man. My trust is in God. Amen. I don't know, but I've never seen anything like it, have any of you? Has anybody here ever seen anything like it? I mean, I had to think back. I was like, well, maybe back in World War II. But I don't think they even did this. In World War II, everybody came together. In unity to fight the war, I don't think they went into, they might have went into a panic mode. I don't know. But I've never heard of anything like it. I don't know, but I feel as if the devil right now is celebrating and rejoicing. He's rejoicing because he's getting his way. He's shutting down churches. You know, where praise and worship is brought up to God every Sunday. I feel like the devil is thinking just like when Jesus went to the cross and he died. He thought he won. But then all of a sudden, he woke up. Because Jesus was knocking on the door of hell in Hades. 
And he went in there and he stole the key. And he beat the devil up. Makes me angry. In a way to think about that. Makes me angry to think that the devil thinks he's winning. But you know what? I heard a prophecy. I heard a prophecy. Think about that. You hear a prophecy. You hear a prophet's word speak. And what do you get? You get fired up inside you because you know what the prophet said? That something is going to happen. That this is the plan of the devil, but all of a sudden God's got something that's going to turn this whole thing around. That this is the devil trying to stop revival in the nation. That this is the devil trying to put his foothold on your neck. And on the church, and on the body of believers of gathering together, the Bible said, forsake not gathering together of the brethren. We have nothing to fear, but the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. That's who we need to fear. We need to fear the God who can judge us, who can judge the dead and the living. That's who you need to fear. Now, that doesn't mean you don't need to be wise And take the advice of washing your hands, practicing cleansliness. You know, Judson Cornwell, I heard him say that cleansliness is next to godliness. That's what his mom said. That cleansliness was next to godliness, Judson. Go wash up before dinner. So you need to wash your hands. We should be washing our hands anyways, washing our face. We should be eating right, new. And, and living right. Amen? That's what we need to be. Eating right and living right. And then you don't have to worry about a thing. You just got to trust God. It makes me mad and it makes me angry though to see people running around crazy. To see Christians in fear. To living in fear. All the devil has to do is send out a little virus. The thing is microscopic. You can't even see this thing. That's all he's got to do. Send out a little virus out there to strike fear into the people. And they all run around like chickens with their head cut off, panicking, buying all the toilet paper they can hoard. Makes me think of church. Who are you? Who are you? I heard, a, I heard a, a brother in Canada once preach on that. Who are you? That's how he said it. Who are you? But do you know that who you are? You're a child of God. Aren't you? You're a child of the King. Did we forget... What Jehovah Rapha means? Did the church forget who their healer is? Jehovah Rapha is the God who heals. He is the ultimate healer. Jehovah Jireh is the God, our provider. We don't have to worry about this stock market falling and crashing because our provision isn't in the stock market, isn't in this world. Our provision comes from God, Jehovah Jireh. Did we forget? 
It's so easy to take your eyes off of Jesus and get them on our problems and our circumstances. It's so easy to be watching the news and they see the Dow up there going down, 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 crashing. But all of this is the signs of the birth pains, too, of the Bible. So if you know your Bible, you know what's in there. That this is the beginning of the end of the plagues. I tell you what, Jesus is near. Jesus is nearer now than ever before. But we can't be trusting in these things at all. I don't have to worry. I have no investments in the stock market. None. I own no stocks. But I got to keep my eyes off it. Do you remember back in 2009 when the crash was happening in 2008, 2009? I was glued to the news then. And I find myself almost repeating the same thing again. In 2008, 2009, we were glued to the news. Everybody was afraid of how business is going to go. But you know what? We survived and we managed. And you know what? We get our eyes off of that. And we get our eyes on Jesus. And we had to, I had to shut the TV off. Shut it down. I can't watch all that negativity anymore. Because if I live that way, then forget it. I might as well just stay in bed every day and not get up. I might as well just roll over and die. But it's so easily how we forget and how the church forgets. For one, we forget who we are. Two, we forget who's in charge. How easily we, we forget and we let fear lead us. And we let panic roll, run wild. Do you know my wife, you should read her post on pandemics, pandemonium. And um, what's the other one? Panic. Comes from, the, comes from the God of Pan, who's a little bitty God. Not even a God, false God, idol. All these words come from that. And you should look at her post. Who are we trusting? Exodus 15, 25 through 26 says this. Then Moses cried out to the Lord and said, Lord, show him a piece of wood. He threw it into the water and the water became sweet. And there, this is the very first, very first scripture about God, our healer. This is it. This is the very first name of Jehovah Rapha in the Bible. It's from this scripture verse. It says, there the Lord made a decree and a law for them. And there he tested them. Think about that for a minute. Oh, the Lord doesn't test. But what did he do there? He tested them. The Lord tested them. Oh, it's the Old Testament. It doesn't apply. No, it applies. Jesus didn't come to negate the law. He came to perfect the law. I've heard pastors, I've heard preachers say, Oh, the Lord will never test you. There, he tested them, didn't he? He tested them. He said, listen. Flip it over, Joel. He said, if you listen carefully to the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right 
in his eyes, if you pay attention to his commands and keep all his degrees, decrees, I will not bring on you any of the disease I brought on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. Think of this as a test. Who are you going to trust? Are you passing the test? Are you standing on the word of God? Are you standing on what the Lord says about you? Are you standing on what the Lord God says about, I will not bring any of the diseases I brought on the Egyptians on you? Or are we running around in fear and in panic? We got to stand on the word and we got to believe it. Exodus 23, verse 25, it says, Worship the Lord your God and his blessings will be on your food and your water. I will take away sickness from among you. I don't know about you, but I would believe the word of God over anything this world could have to offer any day of the week. And then we got to stand on it. We got to get it in our hearts and in our minds. We got to believe it. With all our being. And you got to walk around not in fear, but you got to walk around in the power of God. Because what, was it, what did we sing? He is for you. He is for you. He is with you. Right beside you. Right behind you. In the morning. In the evening. He is with you. He is with you. Hallelujah. Deuteronomy chapter 7 verse 15 says, The Lord will keep you free from every disease. He will not inflict on you the horrible diseases you knew in Egypt. Psalms 107 verse 20, He sent His word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. Jeremiah 17 14 says, Heal me, heal me, O Lord. And I shall be healed. Save me and I shall be saved. For you are my praise. Hallelujah. Heal me and I shall be healed. It reminds me of what (coughs) the centurion said to Jesus. He said, Jesus, I am a man of authority. And if you just say the word, I believe my servant will be healed. Heal me and I will be healed. We just got to believe it. Save me and I will be saved. For you are my praise. That's what we need to do. We need to get our praise on. Praise and worship. Psalms 103 verses 1 through 5. Hallelujah. It says, praise the Lord, O my soul, In all my inmost being, praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases. Who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion. Who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagle's. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord, oh my soul. Forget not all of his benefits. 
What are God's benefits? Well, let's see. If you're a child of the King of the Most High, then your benefits is your inheritance. Your benefits is good health, prosperity. Above all things, above all things, I pray that you I pray that you would be blessed and prosper and be in good health. That's what the Lord says. That's what the word says. He wants you, those are his benefits. Some of his benefits. There's so many benefits. Everlasting life. Healing. I can't even name them all. Forgiveness of sin. Salvation. Proverbs 4, 20, verse 22. Or Proverbs 4, verse 20 through 22. It says, pay it, my son. Now listen, when, the God, when God says, my son or daughter, you should pay attention. <laughs> should pay attention, right? Because the Lord's speaking directly to you through his word. When I hear that, when I see that up there, my son, I listen, my ears perk up. Because that's the father who's speaking to you. And what does the father speak? Nothing but care and love. Amen? I, 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 I know... I didn't have a good natural father. But when I got into the word of God, I started believing, well, this is my true father. This is what a good father would say to his son or daughter. And even though I might not like what it says at times because I'm not living right, doesn't mean it's still not good. It's always good. But I tell you what, it turned my whole life around. And the word of God will turn your life around too if you believe. My son, pay attention to what I say. Well, there you go. You know what? That's like that's like your father coming up to you, grabbing you by the cheeks and saying, listen, don't touch that stove. It's hot. I did that just this week, didn't I? I thought I melted my two fingers to the top of the stove. Like an idiot, don't, don't, don't. is that hot? Oh, that's really hot. <laughs> it didn't look hot, but it was hot. But that's God saying, hey, pay attention to what I say. Listen. This is exactly what he said next, I can tell you. So listen to me. Listen closely to my words. Do not let them out of your sight. Keep them within your heart. For they are life to those who find them and health to a man's whole body. Think about that. God's word. You want to be healed? Get into God's word. You want to know what life is? Read God's word. Their life. Their healing. Their power. There's power in the word of God. But oh, how we forget this church. How we forget the word of God so easily. And we get let off by fear, don't we? We can easily drop the word of God when panic strikes and fear strikes. And in my spirit, I I just want to, and I know I'm guilty of this. I'm guilty too. But in my spirit, I know that it's not how it should be. It's almost like God is saying, listen to me. Pay attention, my son, to my words, my daughter. Pay attention. Don't look to the left, don't look to the right, look straight ahead. 
Look to the cross. Look to Jesus, your healer. Look to God, your provider. Who heals all your diseases. Remember those scriptures and get them in your heart. Because his word is light. And it's life. And it's joy. Is a good, and God's joy is a good medicine. When we get up there and we start praising and worshiping God... And you feel the Holy Spirit come on you? Do you feel a spirit of depression? Of anxiety? Do you feel the presence of fear? Do you feel like that when you're worshiping God? Or do you feel joy, peace, strength, encouragement, and power? That's what I feel. I don't know about you, but that's how I feel. When we get up there and we start worshiping God, and then... When I see people worshiping God in some of those videos, especially the Good Grace, or what's that one called? Where the guy looks like Dylan? Grace to Gardens. When you start seeing people worshiping like that and praising God, it lifts you up. It brings joy. And joy, God's joy is a good medicine. It says it right here in Proverbs 17, verse 22. It says, a joyful heart is a good medicine. But a crushed spirit dries up the bones. Think about that. A joyful heart is good medicine. A joyful heart brings healing. That's what we need. And I'm going to tell you, there's something happens in your body chemically that heals itself. When you start worshiping and you start praising God, This is God's word. Think about it. This is God's word. We have to believe it. We have to stand on it. It is rock. God's word is rock solid. God's word is rock solid. God's word will last and endure throughout all the generations. God's word will be here from, it's been here from the beginning to the end. But it's rock solid. It's a foundation that cannot be false. God's word will never fail. God will never go back on his word. Think about it. God will never go back on his word. God's word is power. It is a lifeline. It is the life. It is true. It is a lamp. To the feet. God's word is his word. And if God gives you his word and gives you a word, you can count on it. You can count on it. The word of the Lord is right and true, and he is faithful. And all he does, that's Psalms 33, verse 4. God's word is true and faithful. He will never go back on it. It is right. It is true. Think about for all those non-believers who don't want to believe God's word is right and true. Right there, he's telling us God's word is right 
and it's true. It's right, and it's true. He can never go back on his word, because God's not a God that will give you a word and take it back. We have to stand on his word, church, in this time. And we have to believe that God's in control. Do you know, I've heard the prophets say that this coronavirus is not from God. This is from man. And we have to stand against it in Jesus' name. And we have to stand today with our nation in prayer and believe that God can post angels around our nation, around our state, around our county, around our places of authority and can keep this away from us in Jesus' name. And then we have to believe that God's going to do it. Because we can't have any bit of unbelief. Because unbelief is like having a door open for the devil to peek his head in there. Can't have any unbelief. We've got to believe it. And then we've got to stand on it. And we've got to walk in the victory already. God's given us the victory. Already. It's there. God's got the answer. He's Jehovah Rapha, our healer. All we got to do, church, is stand on his word, and then we got to believe it. You know, it made me think of King David. Do you remember when King David, in Israel, you can find this, I think it's in uh, 1 Chronicles in chapter 21 or 22. He says, I want to take a census of all the fighting men of Israel. God didn't want him to do that. And he was warned not to do it. But he did it. And what happened? An angel came with a sword and wiped out hundreds of thousands of people. And King David pleaded. He said, oh Lord God, don't do this to them. Don't slaughter your sheep. Forgive me, Lord. This is on me and my family. I'll take the blame for this. Then an angel with the sword came up to David and told him what to do. Told him to go to, oh, I can't remember the gentleman's name, Aaronach, Aaroniah, and go to the threshing floor and make intercession by the threshing floor and make intercession for the people. And so King David did that. And the owner of the threshing floor wanted to give it to him. Not only did he want it, because he saw the angel that was with David go in front of him with the sword. He was afraid. And then he saw the king come up. And he went down and he bowed and he worshipped at his feet. And he said, oh, king, David, take the threshing floor. I give it to you. Not only that, but take take the auction as as an offering. Take take the yokes. Take whatever wood for the altar, you know, for the offering. Take it all. And King David said, no, I will not take it from you. I will buy it at fair price. And he did. And he prayed there. And it stopped the angel from killing anymore. That's what we need to do. We need to stand. And we need to pray. And there's, there was something about that place that was power there. Because that is the place where they said, you know what, this threshing floor? This is where we're building the temple. Right here, this is the spot. There was something holy about that spot. 
Just like they're spoken over this place. This is holy ground, they say. I believe it. God has his eye on places. And he will protect them and he will send his angels out over them. And protect them. And protect those that are there. But we need to rise up like King David and pray against this. The prophets say this is not from God, but this was from man. And all we need to do is stand against it and God will fight our battles for us. Because the battle is the Lord's, not ours. Amen? For the Lord, for the word of the Lord is right and true. He is faithful in all that he does. Psalm 33, verse 4 is what it was. We have to go to the threshing floor and pray and come against this virus, this attack of the devil, and stand in the gap and believe and stand on the word of God. Isaiah 54, 17 says this, No weapon that is formed against me shall prosper. And every tongue that shall rise against thee in judgment, thou shalt condemn. Think about that. No weapon that is formed against me will prosper. You're a child of the King of the Most High. No weapon this earth forged against you will prosper. No disease, no virus, no attack of the enemy will prosper against you. As a matter of fact, any ill-spoken word against you will bounce back off of you and will accuse its accuser. I heard somebody say like a boomerang. I heard him talk about that off of President Trump. The things bounce off of him like a boomerang. And what they meant to throw at him, to hurt him, comes back and hits him in the head. You ever throw a boomerang? I never had once had it ever come back to me. Never. I tried. I had a boomerang when I was a kid. It didn't, it didn't last long because I got tired of throwing it and going chasing after the stupid thing. But anyways, no weapon formed against you will prosper. Do you believe it? You're the church. You are the church. You are part of the body of Christ. God is in you. Do you believe it? That he is for you. He is for you. He is for you. Not against you. He is for you. He is for you. He is for you, for your children, and their children, and their children, through all the generations. That's the area on blessing. He make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. To turn his face towards you and give you peace. And it says here at the end of uh, verse 17 in Isaiah 54, it says, This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. This is the heritage. This is your heritage. This is who you are. Think about this is who you are. You're a warrior. 
You carry the presence of God most high in your heart, in your spirit, in your belly, in your DNA. You have been created for such a time as this, church. It's time to rise up and stand against the enemy and not waver or falter, but keep our eyes on the cross of Jesus and walk in victory. Amen? This is our heritage of the servants of the Lord. And their righteousness is of me, saith the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. And I'm going to close with this scripture. Isaiah, or excuse me, Psalms 91. And then we're going to all gather together up here and take communion. Together, amen? Because there's power in the blood. There's power in the body of Christ. And we believe it. Wow, I can't read that. All right, Psalms 91. Not even with my reader glasses on there. He is for you. He is for you. He is for you. He is for you. In the evening, in the morning, in my coming, and my going. He is for you. Psalms 91 says this. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Hallelujah. What do we got to do? I just read it. We got to dwell in the shelter of the Most High. How do we do that? We get into His Word, get into His presence. We trust Him, get under His covering. For He is my refuge and my fortress, my God, in whom I trust. Surely He will save you from the fowler snare and from the deadly pestilence. Do you know what pestilence is? It's disease, it's virus. Do you know what Jesus said in the end days? There will be plagues and pestilence throughout the earth. But don't have to worry about any of that because I'm a king's kid. I'm covered because I'm, I'm getting my shelter under the most high. He'll save me from the fowler's snare. He'll cover, he'll cover you with his feathers. And under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. You will not fear the terror of night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. Isn't that like the devil? He's stalking around in the darkness, trying to get you to fear and fret and open that door. So that he can come in and raise all holy hell. Nothing holy about hell. Nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness. Nor the plague that destroys at midday. We need to come against this plague of locusts in Africa. Stand against it. A thousand may fall at your side. Ten thousand at your But it will not come near you. 
You will only observe with your eyes and see the punishment of the wicked. If you make the Most High your dwelling, even the Lord who is my refuge, then no harm will befall you. No disaster will come near your tent. And I pray that over this place, over your people that are here today, Lord God, and over your people that hear this word and this message, that no harm will befall them. No disaster will come near their tent nor their home, for he will command his angels concerning you and them to guard you and them in all his ways. They will lift up in their hands. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. You will tread upon the lion and the cobra. You will trample the great lion and the servant. Why? Because he loves you. Say it. He loves me. Say it louder. Say it like I, he loves me. He loves me. That's right. Says the Lord, I will rescue him. I will protect him for he acknowledges my name. He will call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him with a long life. I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Amen. Why? Because he loves me. Because he loves me. You know that God loves you. Do you believe it in your heart that God loves you? See, we have to believe that in our heart. God loves me. Oh, he loves me. God loves me a whole lot. He loves me. I'm his, and he is mine. And we got to believe it. He is in me. He'll never fail me or forsake me. Amen? Kids are getting it right there. See, if you say it enough and over and over again, they, somebody's going to remember it. Amen? Somebody's going to get it in their heart, going to get it in their mind. They're going to believe it with their soul and their spirit with all their being. And we'll be able to get up there and rejoice and bounce around because we're, we're just loving on God and He's loving on us. Hallelujah. He loves me. He'll never fail me or forsake me. He'll rescue me. When I call upon His name, He'll answer me. Hallelujah. Can you imagine that? God, help me. Okay, I'm right here with you. (laughs) Can you imagine that? It's true. It's God's word. We can't go against it. We got to believe it. Amen? Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Let's all gather together for communion. My wife is going to do communion. Joe Sr. <laughs> he is for you. He is for you. Here, hon. Here. 
sit down. Yes, Jules. Colossians 3, yeah, 2.15. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Huh? No. <laughs> okay, so we're having dad, grandpa and dad serve Okay, because in God's order, okay, so what we're doing right now is we are here to unlock the power of the Holy Communion. Look at me. Look at me. We are here to unlock the power of the Holy Communion. And I'm just going to give you a quick little testimony that I believe, and I've been talking to you about this, but I, I want to share this, that I, the Lord had been speaking to me about communion for a long time. So I was at Barnes & Noble, <laughs> And I came across this book, and I'm always looking at diet books, right? And it was like, eat your way to life and health. <laughs> I was like, hmm. And it was Joseph Prince. And, but then I, and I thought, he's writing a, because he's a Christian evangelist. And I thought, he's writing a diet book. <laughs> and I looked down at the bottom, and it said, unlocking the power of the Holy Communion. And I knew right away, the Lord's done this to me so many times, and he'll do it to you in Barnes & Noble or wherever, where he'll speak to you about something. He'll give you a clue. He'll give you a red flag. He'll tell you something. When he, you need to start listening because it's going to increase. The time that we're in, it's going to increase. He's going to keep speaking to you. He's going to show you things. He's going to show you little things that other people look at and look past, but you're going to see it and go, wait a minute. Is that God? So we're going to do the communion today because I, and I think, I've been thinking about it this week because it's been on my heart so much with the coronavirus and everything that's coming up. God gives us weapons. He gives us tools. He gives us the weapons to fight spiritual warfare. And I believe that this is the weapon he's giving us for right now. Now listen, when one of the prophecies that we heard recently said that the Lord was so upset because the world was taking away the birth of his son. So do you remember this December 24th, what happened in politics? Do you remember, Joey, what happened on Christmas Eve the, before the birth of Jesus that we celebrate? It was the Congress was holding the impeachment over President Trump. And everybody was thinking about politics instead of Jesus, right? That's the trick of the enemy. 
So what's happening right now? See, the time is close where Jesus is returning. It could be years. It could be a few years. It could, could be sooner than that. So what does Satan want us to do? Not look to the cross. The cross. He doesn't want Christians to look to the cross. He doesn't want the world to look to his salvation because he came to save us. Let's read this scripture together. And having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. When Jesus went to the cross, he took authority over all the powers and authorities of the world. And then he gave it to us by the blood of Jesus, by the body of Jesus. And I believe this, everyone, and I want you fathers, I think this is significant. I think the Lord is speaking to the fathers with your families, have communion when you can, when you think of it. Bring them together. I don't care if it's bread and milk, but bring them, to, <laughs> bring them together and, and pray the uh, prayer of communion as we look to the cross together this morning, okay, everyone? So we're just going to believe this is a key This is a key for the children of God. This is a protection for us on our bodies because his body was broken for you. So say that with me. His body was broken for me that you would be healed, that you would be protected. So, Lord, as we share in the body of Christ... This morning, because you told us we have to eat your body and drink your blood. And at the Last Supper, you handed the bread to your disciples and said, Here it is. Here's my body. We don't, we have to get this, everybody. This was God, this was Jesus telling us the secret of healing and health. So, Father, in Jesus' name, we lift up your body one more time. And we partake together in the name of Jesus. Amen. And Lord, we praise you. We praise you for what you went through for us. And Lord, we promise you, this group here this morning, we we come before you and we say that we will look to your cross. We will look to you through this Easter resurrection season. We will testify, we will speak the words of the cross to our friends, to our family. It's time, it's time, because the bridge is out, right, Grace? (laughs) Okay, so now, Lord, we hold up the blood of Jesus, Lord, that you said to your disciples when you handed them the wine and you said, this is my blood, and Lord, we believe it this morning and we, we take it in thanksgiving and praise for the blood that you shed for us, O oh Lord. Let us partake together. For the remission and the covering of our sin. 
And every curse was broken on the cross. And we received that this morning. And we break all curses over this body. Lord, those who couldn't come this morning, who are part of this body, we pray this for them this morning. We partake on their behalf, Lord Jesus. And we just pray for a special anointing on each one here. Lord, I know that each one here is called spiritual warfare that you're going to raise them up for such a time as this. And we praise you and thank you. And God bless you all in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Amen.